Hello, fellow Gritizens. Do you believe in your ability to navigate life's obstacles, but you're not always sure where to start? Well, lend us your ear, because here on our Grow My Grit podcast, we gather strength and inspiration from real people navigating real obstacles in real time with grit. My name is Peter Willis, coming in from Calgary, Alberta, together with our gritty guru, Hayes Shetmeyer, who is beaming in from Mississauga, Ontario. Here on the Grow My Grit podcast, our intention is to engage with guests and listeners who are ready to know, grow, and show their grit, perhaps best described as one's default settings in the face of obstacles, and what obstacles we've faced since the beginning of 2020. However, one of the biggest opportunities available to us all is the possibility of recreating our identities and re-engaging our relationship to both ourselves and to one another using the unique strengths we already possess and reliably bring to challenging situations. With our individual grit compass as our guide, let's explore what's available on the other side of obstacles. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. Awesome. Look at you. <laughs> awesome. And here we go, folks, for 2022. Hayes, mm-hmm. Udo, it's great to see you. Thanks. Good to be here. Glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I'd just like to uh, to welcome our listeners back for the new year. And we are kicking off the new year with something fantastic. We have a guest with us today. And our guest mm-hmm. is Udo Erasmus, who is a, a health educator and expert from Vancouver. And I'm sure we'll learn more about Udo as we begin talking here. But uh, as you know, Udo, our podcast is really about if we could... Um, really distill it down to a sentence. It's default settings in the face of obstacles here. Um, And one of the things that I thought that was really fascinating that I found, I think it was a clip I saw on your website, and I thought this would just be a great way to to kind of get everything kicked off. Um, And that is, there was, um, I believe uh, you went to med school for a bit. And one of your things that you talked about was the definition of health. And the only, the only definition really you could get, and I apologize if I'm going to get this wrong, so you're here to correct me, but was the definition of health is, is when you're not sick. And you questioned that. And I thought that was fantastic because they kind of had the order wrong. And seeing as health is ideally a default setting, um, all right, can you just walk us through that quote? Because that was just something for me, Udo, as I was kind of going through uh, and learning about you. That was something I stumbled across mm. and I really enjoyed it. And I just, I thought now that you're here, you might as well talk to us about it. Is that okay? <laughs> okay, sure. So, so let me say it a little different. Sure. If you talk about light and darkness... We know from physics that light is a presence of something. And darkness is not a power. Darkness is absence of that presence. Mm -hmm. Well, health is presence too. And disease is absence of that presence. Now, when we say you're healthy when you're not sick, you know, the truth is 70% of the people who are, and they call it that, apparently healthy, die of degenerative diseases that are lifestyle and nutrition related. Mm. So these are not healthy people. These are apparently healthy people Mm. not doing what they need to do to bring in the principles and components of health. And because of that, deteriorating until they die. And if you don't have a definition of what is health and what are the principles and components of health, 
mm-hmm. then how are you going to take people who have lost their health, how are you going to bring them back? And medicine doesn't have a definition like that. You know, it's, I'll give you another example. You know, peace is the absence of war. No, it's not. Peace is a presence. Mm. In that presence, there is no war. War comes from the absence of presence. So mm. presence is the, is the principle, is the presence. Peace is the presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And war is the result of its absence. Right? I love it. Yeah. And so if, if you, if you want to have a good life, you need to know what your definitions of good are. Right? Yep. Absolutely. And for me, for me the definition is total health is full presence in all of your being. And that includes awareness, life energy, inspiration, physical body, and survival smarts. And when you, and when you have all those firing on all four fit cylinders, you're going to have a really good life. Mm-hmm. Mm. And when you get out of line in any one of those fo- five, there are going to be negative results. Because we can only live well if we live in line with nature and our nature. That's great, Udo. I was, I, was, I was going to ask a question, but you already answered it. And, you know, I was thinking... Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to steal from you. No, that's exactly, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what we asked the question for. So, yep. yeah, I was just thinking, you know, in terms of um, health and uh, the opposite of health and thinking of it in terms of physical, but you've already addressed it. And that was the mental mm-hmm. component as well, right? Is, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, well, the mental component, just to, to enlarge on it, mm-hmm. inspiration is the positive part of mind, the forward-looking part of mind, the good intention, do good things, raise quality of life standards. It's the shine of life energy into the world. Mm. The intent is always good, even though the invention may have side effects, but the intent is always to help and to, help and to improve. And then the second part of mind is the protective part. And that's the, what I call survival smarts. And that's about safety, you know, preemptive, if possible, right? Because mm-hmm. it's better to avoid a war than pick up the, the mess afterwards. Right, After, right, right. right? Mm-hmm. So, so safety and then, re, and then reproduction and then care and, and, and parenting, basically. Right. That's, that's mm-hmm. the survival smarts. Right. And on a, on a smallest level, you know, on the smallest, yeah. on the natural mm-hmm. level, that's the survival Nurturing. smarts. And fundamentally, it's about protecting the body for its temporary existence. Because the body is a terminal condition, whether you like it or not, no matter what the <laughs> right. doctor tells you, the body is a terminal condition. And to support and protect and to encourage and care for that ter- terminal condition is what, is what we use survival smarts for. Now, your life doesn't need protection, and your awareness doesn't need protection, mm-hmm. and your inspiration doesn't need protection, because they're not in the realm of destructibility. You know, life energy is formless. Formless is indestructible. You can only destroy what has form. So destruction only applies to what has form, and that would be your mental constructs, would be your physical body, would be your, your uh, social group. Mm-hmm. and would be your natural environment. Those are destructible because they have form. Okay, and when we talk about illness, that's conf- an emotional would also include, be included in that. That illness is only 
available in the formed part of human existence. So, so illness helpful. is not even available to life, energy, inspiration, um, um, it doesn't internal apply. awareness, or infinite awareness. It doesn't There's no destruction in possible in those areas. Yeah. Yep. And Udo, I want to jump in because what I'm hearing you say that ties right into the concept of grit is that there are certain yeah. environments where this war of sorts will happen, where we need to make difficult choices and the choices may not necessarily be obvious, but there's this constant effort to be aware of yeah. what's stopping us from accessing that, whether it be the inspiration, whether it be the, the life energy, there's this constant right. need to be aware of the absence and that awareness will somehow prompt, motivate, drive us to know we need to do something differently. And then my, again, my spin is always grit. So I really love to put that mm -hmm. label on. If I know that my health yeah. isn't the focus, or if I know that my, my awareness isn't as, how do I say, my, my awareness isn't directed to what matters how do I, coming from my default setting in the face of obstacles, how does my grit then give me my unique approach to accessing all those things? Yeah. Yeah. So with that, I'm going to ask you to share with listeners your grit, because I know I always invite people to really speak to yeah. what does grit look like and sound like for you? Yeah. So would you mind sharing that? Yeah. Okay. So I have never used this formula before. Awesome. So I, I, had, to f I had to make it up. Mm-hmm. That's the point. And just and looking at my experiences yep. and, and frameworking them. So mm -hmm. the first one was grounded or grounding. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is simply I came out of a war. I was a little kid. I was two and a half years old. We were, we were fleeing from the communists in tanks and trucks. And for me, I became hyper vigilant and very safe, very safety conscious. Yes. Yep. And so I was always looking for safety. Mm. And, and hypervigilant because you never know when something's going to happen. So I was kind of like that. Yep. And I spent a lot of time by myself in safe places reading books because mm. books are safe. You could read about a war, but there are no real bullets. Mm. I already had the real bullets. So, so I would read those books. And, but, what, but what happens when you become hypervigilant, you see everything that's going on and you forget you to be present in the space that your own body occupies. Mm -hmm. And so for me, grounding was the way, you know, I, I even have a signature. It goes up and down a couple of times, goes around in a circle till it gets it to the center and then pfft, takes off. That's how I live my life, right? <laughs> so that's my signature. And the mm. idea was that when something happens, I so very easily get distracted into it. Mm. Mm. So I go up and down, but because then it's like, then I also get confused, right? Yeah. And then so what I have to do then is I go around in a circle trying to figure it out till I get to the center, and the mm. center is really here. Yeah. And from here, it, I get clarity, and I can move. Mm. So, so, so that's the grounded part. Amazing. Thank you for that visual. And for listeners, yeah. there's this element that center is literally core. Udo's hands are to his chest. We use Zoom so we can see each other. But literally yeah. <laughs> here is core. Right here. Core like and heart. Yes. yes. Yeah. And not in my head. I not have to get out head. of my head to get to the mm -hmm. core. And in that yeah. core is where my unconditional love, the word, mm -hmm. the unconditional love, the mm -hmm. empowering unconditional love of life for my body mm -hmm. is centered. Grounding indeed. Thank you yeah. so much for that. Okay. 
So that's Tell us grounded. About your R, yeah. Tell Second us about your was R. the R's responsibility, and that came a little later mm -hmm. because I started looking at all the problems in the world, and then I would say, "How did they get caused? Mm. And and whose fault are they?" That's that's how I said it. To me. Whose fault are those <laughs> problems? Mm -hmm. And when I was in my twenties and asked that, started asking that question, it always came back to me. It it would be, "Well, it's my fault." Ooh. Every problem on the planet is my fault. Oh. Not because I caused them, but because I haven't fixed them. I haven't addressed them. Mm. I haven't understood what is the cause and then addressed that cause. Mm. And that was super motivating for me because it made me look because you can't, if you take responsibility for something, you can't just fake your way through it. Mm. You actually have to dig out what is the root of this problem. Where did this begin? And then begin to address it at the deepest level. Because if you're just, you know, if you're just like pushing it around under the carpet, mm -hmm. you're not fixing anything. Mm -hmm. Right? This is like yeah. really address it. And what if 8 billion people each took responsibility for every problem on the planet? Do you think things would change? Oh, yeah. Wow. Right? So it was wow. very motivating for me to find out how things really work. So I went into science and bioscience and psychology, medicine, and then eventually biochemistry, genetics. Uh, but I work a lot now in, more in the mental part because the mental part is where for human beings. Mm -hmm. Probably the majority of the problems come from thoughts out of line with nature Ooh. or our yeah. nature. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get into that later. That's so. Yeah. Okay. So that clear. was, yeah. That was responsibility. Mm -hmm. And then it was insight. Well, the insight, insight, I, I like Albert Einstein's view on, on insight. He says, 99 times I think and think and think I get nothing. And one day I float in silence and the answer comes to me. Mm. Where does insight come from? Well, all the wisdom of life is already embedded in every human being. But if you're paying attention to the mirror on the wall, mm -hmm. you're not in touch with that insight. Mm -hmm. In order to have that insight, you've got to get grounded. You've got to take responsibility. You've got to mm -hmm. ask the question. And instead of trying to figure it out in your head with <laughs> limited knowledge, ask life. And it shows up. You have the wisdom already there. Yeah. So it shows up. So insight. And when I have insight, why is insight so important? Because insight is my personal answer to my questions. Mm. I own that. This is not like you tell me something and I say, well, that's what you say, but yep. I don't believe you. Yep. Right? Yep. Whenever somebody gives outside gives you an answer, you can always reject it. Mm -hmm. But when it's your insight, you own it. Or in a way, you could almost say it owns you. Yep, just like your grit. <laughs> and that from that insight comes what is possible for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. All of the projects that I've done have shown up first as pictures, complete pictures of outcomes. Mm. They're literally like mandalas. Oh, my. And then I could... I could basically, I, it comes to me as a whole picture. Yep. And then I just go and put in the pieces, like to manifest it. Yes. Yes. So powerful. 
So that's the inside mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. And it's so personal. And, uh, and, then the, and then the fourth one is truth. Mm-hmm. But truth, you know, not, not like the government's truth, not, not the Democrats or the Republicans' truth, not the liberals, conservatives, or mm-hmm. NDP's truth, mm-hmm. but truth according to life. Nature. Because this planet runs on the truth according to life. Mm-hmm. Right? Or you could say truth according to solar energy. Because solar energy really runs everything. But life is solar energy within you, yep. within me. Mm-hmm. That's solar energy. That what we call life energy, you know, the thing that when it separates from the body, your body's dead. That energy is solar energy. We are solar energy gadgets. <laughs> that solar energy is trapped by plants' leaves, stored in bonds between atoms that make molecules. Some of those are our fuel foods. We eat them, break them down, metabolize them in our cells, release that solar energy in, mm-hmm. in our mitochondria where the yep. energy is made. Mm-hmm. And that's the energy we live on. So when it's inside of us, we call it life. When it's coming from the sun and on its way to becoming inside of us, we call it solar energy. And when we bring our awareness out of our head, out of our thoughts, and into the nature of our being, inside mm-hmm. the energy that is our life. When we bring our awareness to that energy and experience that subjectively, mm-hmm. that, that is called um, life energy. It's also unconditional, empowering love. Mm-hmm. It weighs nothing and runs everything. It is mm-hmm. also called the master. Okay. The master of the body is life energy. And that's what all the great masters talked about and told us we should make a priority. And that, and that truth mm-hmm. is, where, is, is when you live in line with that truth and you ask your questions to obtain your truths that you need. You ask life those questions. That's your built-in expert that knows not only omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient in your body, but also lives with you in your trenches and is in the best position to, make, to help you make decisions about how to live in the, in the place where you are given the situations. That given you're. the circumstances. Yeah, so that's, that's the truth. So Now, I, of course, I had, ma- had to make those up because I didn't start living my life by that formula. Yes. But it's a cool formula that can be really a good stepping stone for people to, to grow and to enhance their ability to function in, in such a way that there are no obstacles. Indeed. And that's where I want to kind of pick up your truth really tapped into. And Peter, I'm going to pass it to you in a sec because I feel like I'm, <laughs> I saw you writing stuff down. But two things I want to just kind of tap into. Oh, One he just that- wrote down, oh, this is all BS. <laughs> he did no such thing. <laughs> you should see the pictures I'm drawing over here, Udo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> you, you really talked about the importance of energy and really accessing what's happening in your yeah. body. And I find in, when I talk to clients, when I talk to friends and family about obstacles and difficult situations, there's a literal physical response. There's a physiological experience of that piece. So I've loved that you've got energy on the table. I don't think that's come mm. up with many guests, but there's an energy mm. in every circumstance. And sometimes the obstacle is trusting the energy or even knowing what to do with it. So I loved Yeah, or that not piece. being in touch with that energy. 
Because the energy is actually what you are, what yes. I am in my personal essence, yes. what he is in his personal essence, yes. what we all are in our personal essence. And energy is, is the power. Energy it runs is. everything. And it so is. whenever you have more energy, more is possible. Whether, whether possible. you're talking about your thyroid gland or you're talking about your ovaries or you're talking about your muscles or you're talking about your brain function or you're talking about healing. Yeah. Energy drives healing. Energy drives all functions. Everything. It does. Yes. Yeah. And again, I'm going to tap back into this after I let Peter talk because I appreciate that connection between, because for a lot of people, a lot of listeners, a lot of people, accessing that energy is an obstacle in itself. So I've got a few questions for you mm -hmm. that really are mm -hmm. being aware of the energy is in itself, not an obstacle, it may be a blind spot, and then accessing that as well for specific challenges. So mm -hmm. I'm going to come back to those questions, but I'm going to pass it over to Peter. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, just, just taking notes here, but I just, you know, there's a, I, I, one thing I did uh, particularly like was, was insight. And I just jotted down, you know, um, it's, you know, your, your personal answers to my own questions. And I think that's a great, that's a, mm -hmm. a great way to look at uh, insight mm -hmm. as a definition. I thought that was really nice. So I, j I just jotted mm -hmm. that down. And the, the other thing that I thought was interesting was back near the beginning there, and this could, it's not really uh, designed to take us down a rabbit hole. Maybe this is for another one. Um, but when you were telling your story there, Udo, about uh, grounding your G mm -hmm. and, you know, you were using words like vigilant and you were uh, hyper aware of your surroundings and you didn't use the word scared, which was, which was interesting because what you were describing. Your, I was absolutely scared. There you go. Okay. So that was, was that was interesting. Fearful. But that yeah. wasn't a word that came up for me. But what I thought about that, which no. was interesting, was because uh, this word didn't come up. And what I hear from that, and I just wonder what your take is on it. Um, what you described is a recipe. And this is a huge topic for us uh, now, um, which gets a lot more coverage than it was probably when you were young, going through what you went through. And that is anxiety. Like when you're mm -hmm. looking around and you're hyper vigilant and and you've got all the reasons to be so that is a recipe for um, a lot of anxiety. And I just, I wonder if that is something, and again, this could be an entire book or podcast onto its own, but I just wonder yeah. just, you know, just quickly, you know, does that, um, is that something that you've come across wrestled with your, your own philosophies on that? Cause I know you, you're very accomplished in your own field there, but how does that, uh, that's what I got, what I got from that, that it, grounding sentence if, there. If I were to be mentally ill, I would probably be 70% anxiety mm -hmm. and 30% depression. Depression is anger turned inward. And anxiety is, is uh, what if fantasies. Right. Mm. It's always based on what if. And I had anxiety about flying. Mm -hmm. What if we crash? That was my question. I could have just said just as easily, what if we have a safe landing? Because that's the norm. In flying, yeah. right? Right, mm. right, right. But I was always, I was on the plane, I would cry because I was so anxious because I was doing it to myself. And it took me a while to figure that out, that I was doing it to myself. And it was mm -hmm. lack of discipline on my part because I have an equal choice be saying, I'm looking forward to a safe landing and I'm not looking forward <laughs> to a crash, mm -hmm. right? But I was focusing on the crash, and eventually I had to sort that out. Right. And I got to a point where I could see because I can be in the, uh, the what if, mm -hmm. and that becomes my focus. 
And then my energy goes into that focus. And I have a really good imagination. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine every nasty thing into existence if I want to. Yep. Right? <laughs> but I also have an, an all-encompassing peace within me as part of my nature, as a state of being. Mm. I could go there too. And if I know that that's also within me and that unconditional empowering love is also within me, then I can begin to make a choice between whether I'm, how much time I'm going to give to anxiety mm -hmm. and how much time I'm going to give to peace and love. Mm -hmm. Right? Because yeah, they exist. Yeah. Like, I, you know, this, my, my setup here. So on this side is all my clutter, all my crazy ideas, all my things that I do, all the things I want to take, you know, all, you know, that's all on this side. And on this side, there's nothing. This is where my peace is. Fascinating. And I literally have both of those within me. And the reason for the background is to make the point. Mm. You have clutter in your life. Everybody does. But you also have peace in your life. Everybody does. Learn to give some to that because you need to deal with some stuff. And learn to that, give that attention to. And after a while, when you go back and forth between those two, you get to be a point where you decide which one you want. You're not a victim of either. You're not a victim of the clutter. You're not a victim of the peace. peace. They don't come to you whenever they want to. You have them within you whenever mm. you want to. Yeah. So in that sense, you're you're in charge. Yeah, no, that's that's that's, yes. that's great. Yeah, yeah. So amazing. And again, I'm going to jump in because I have mm. another burning connection yeah, yeah. that I'm making. And so one point for listeners that I love that you brought up, Udo, is that you had no experience with defining your grit until this opportunity came for us to meet. And I appreciate that you said that because it is something that I made up and I invite yep. people to make up. And I like the yep. way you did it because you went as far back as you could and looked at obstacles and challenging situations. And I also love when people really focus on what's happening now. I just, it makes me so happy when people internalize the process and make it unique and specific. And I also appreciate that you said yeah. it's something you wouldn't have thought of, but by labeling it, someone may in fact have a, a roadmap or a, a guide mm -hmm. or a, a, a clearer sense of where they're going. So I just, I appreciated that element of honesty in terms of this is just a chance for us to access the way we see things yep. and give things labels. So that was great. I appreciate that. And then you learn from doing the exercise too. You learn yeah, from doing an, your exercise. It's another way yeah. of looking at my life. Yes. Because I have a way of doing that, but this just this, this makes it a little different. Mm -hmm, yes. And so I learned something from the, doing that too. Fantastic. That's my joy hearing that from you. <laughs> and what I'd love for listeners, because I've taken away quite a bit from what you've said, is that idea looking at your G-R-I-N-T, so looking at grounding, responsibility, insight, and truth. Which one of those four do you think has been the most... Important is the wrong word, but the most useful, the most has led you to the point of finding your light. Okay, I would almost argue, I could yes. almost argue that do all argue. four of them, yeah, all four of them are the same. Ooh. In my experience of them. I was going to say, so what yeah. you're continuing to do for me is as much as your story relates to 8 billion people, it's still a personal version of that understanding of why we're here, what our energy is for, and part of that is doing hard things. So as much as I feel like you continue to draw my awareness to how important it is for all of us to be yeah. cognizant of how 
much we are alive and lucky to be here and just responsible for each other. At the same time, we each have our own version of that wisdom and that awareness that relates to our experience. So I appreciate that. Right. Again, that that connection. This is my experience for my life. No question about it. I never talked about it. Mm. You know, I eventually I got into I got into self-knowledge practices because our our awareness always goes out through our senses every day into the world. Mm-hmm. coming back has to be deliberate. That's just how we're built. Right. And so I, I was doing this practice, and I never talked to anybody about it because this is my, I'm a war baby. I need this practice. This is really useful to me. So mm-hmm. my business is nobody's business. Discontent people will always spread discontent, and discontent comes from disconnection, from this truth, from our mm. truth, from our life. So they will always spread discontent, and yes. if people who are content, and I claim to be one of those people, yeah. if we don't do more to spread contentment than they do to spread discontent, mm. guess where we're headed? It's not complicated, right? right. Yeah. And at that point, I began to start thinking about how do I express what I've learned, what I've discovered, how do I express it in a way that can be an influence for other people to find that their own version of it. Because I don't, I don't want you to have my version of it. I want Correct. you to have your version of it. You go and check it out for yourself. You find it for yourself, and you put it into your own words. Yes. And I just wanted to uh, you said something about using that to overcome obstacles. No. When, when you're living in that light, there are no obstacles. obstacles. Yep, yep, yep. You kind of like, you, you, you follow it, you don't see the obstacles, and therefore you don't have to fight obstacles. When you get fight obstacles often you get distracted by them okay you don't want to get distracted by them you want to you want to shine light into the world into them what obstacles are there and why and i'm not concerned about any obstacles that are not inside of me keeping me from shining the light okay yeah and if i'm in the light there are no obstacles inside okay so a great segue for me again as a listener and as for the listeners what would you say are kind of one or two activities that someone who is still trying to, because we talked about finding the light, you've gone very much into shining that light to the extent where you can't even see obstacles, but a lot of us aren't mm-hmm. there. So what would you say? What are one or two activities no, someone yeah, this is could- No, grow and show, right? Yes, it is. Yep. So what, are, what is a couple of <laughs> just, activities? Yeah, but you've, well, you've, you've said it anyway. I'm just pulling into the making a tie. What could people do? So the first thing is, be really clear that everything- about what I'm talking about and everything you need to have a lit up life Mm -hmm. is already in your nature. You already have it. You're looking out there for it. You need to look in here for it. So you have it. So that's the first thing. You already have it. If you're alive, that is what makes you alive. So you already have it. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two is, do you want to get to know that better within you? Now, mm. not just be curious about because that's not enough. Yes. This is a need. Yes. And heartache is what it feels like to need that. Because yeah. even though grandma's dying or the dog runs away or somebody kicks, you know, somebody um, ends a relationship with mm-hmm. you or somebody breaks a promise to you and then your heart aches, yeah. the heartache is not about those triggers. The heartache is you're falling back to your disconnection from, to your loss of your connection 
to yourself, to your deeper self. Because when we, when we in, in, the, in the womb, we were all in that place because there was no place to go, nothing to do, no language, <laughs> no ideas, no social groups, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. was taken care of and it was safe. So yeah. in the womb, I call it the Buddha tank. We mm. lived, we were in the light, enlightened, enlightened, mm -hmm. and just hanging out, right? So we spent our first nine months, if we were to term babies, yeah. spent the first nine months in deep meditation with our focus inside, mm -hmm. in its source, in life, and behind that in awareness. Yes. Then we came out into the world, and our senses took us out, and that's where heartache began. Mm -hmm. So the second thing is, do you feel the need for it? Okay. Because the, the need is what will drive you, just like the need for water drives you to drink. I mean, water. Yes, yes, <laughs> right? yes, yes. And the need, <laughs> and, the, and, uh, and the hunger for food makes food relevant. Yes. Heartache makes fulfillment relevant. Heartache makes peace and love mm -hmm. relevant. Mm -hmm. because when our heart aches that's what we're looking for yeah concrete steps so then i say okay do you need it do you feel the need for it third sit in that need okay feel it sit still feel it yeah don't judge it just feel it and be with it and acknowledge it and accept it maybe even embrace, embrace it because yeah. actually that heartache that we don't like, that we distract ourselves from, that we blame mm. on people, that we ignore, deny, or try to explain a, our way out of, that heartache is the greatest gift you've been given other than being alive because it's your call to come home to yourself. So helpful. And if there wasn't a call for us to come home to ourselves, we would never find our way We'd home. never do it. Yep. Just like if you're hungry, if you were never hungry, you might literally waste away and die yep. because nothing told you to, to eat. Nothing reminded you that you need food or water. And so, so, that, so number three is sit with that. And what's really interesting is that when you sit with that, less than a hair's breadth behind that ache is what you're looking for, is that wholeness, is that love, is that peace, is that fullness. Is that richness? Is that contentment? Just less than a hair's breadth behind it. And so make time for stillness. Make time just to be. So you shut off all of your distractions and you don't do anything and you literally just sit quietly and, and see how still you can become and then see how deeply you can go into that stillness and see how long you can stay in that stillness. And while you're doing that, Breathe more slowly and lightly. So don't drag your breath. You, know. <laughs> you don't drag it. Just make it as light as possible. And then while you're doing that, what do you, what do you notice in the space you, your body occupies in terms of energy? If you look deep enough into the darkness that you begin with, you will see a light there. That light is you. That's your essence. Right? If you sit in silence, maybe you could head, put headphones on to cut out all the external noise, but don't plug it into anything. Just, and then listen into that silence, and you will hear a sound in that silence. That's the sound of your life.
And if you're sitting in emptiness, you sit, you, you go deeply, you feel deeply enough into that emptiness, you discover love there. So, so the idea of sitting in this uncomfortable feeling is that's your starting point for your journey back, back home. The obstacle into the world, is... Into the world of no obstacles. Yes. Yep. So the right? obstacle, yep. And I love that that's the essential takeaway is that yeah. the access to the obstacle-free space is in fact an obstacle because everything you've described yeah. in terms of identifying, knowing, coming to stillness is all unfamiliar and difficult to do. Right. It's not difficult to do. It's unfamiliar. Yeah. It, it's like walking. You know, as a kid, learns how to walk. It falls on his schnoz a thousand times before it learns how to walk, right? It doesn't say, oh, you know what? Walking's not for me, <laughs> right? And when you feel the heartache, you know, it's, yeah, you might sit, sit a thousand times for five minutes or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. And you don't stop. You never stop. You say, oh, that's not for me. No, 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 no. I, let me just distract myself some more. You sit with it, and the wholeness that, you, that, that makes your life rich is waiting for you just behind that feeling. I really like, I really like all that, um, Udo. I, I, you know, one of the things that, you know, for, for me that I, that I enjoyed, and this is more on, uh, this is just the way I am right now, but on the, on the tactical side, uh, what, I, what I liked is something that you said was, um, it was about standards, and it essentially it was if you're if you're not setting a standard, you don't know when right. you're not achieving it. Or in your words, you don't know when you're screwing up if you haven't set a standard. And, yeah, and I think that's I, great. I, I that's a great it. way to look at it because yeah. otherwise you're just um, you're just on ice. You're just you're just you're skating and sliding, and you you don't yeah. you don't really know. You don't have control because you haven't set a standard. You haven't set a direction. So you're just happy yeah. to kind of go anywhere, but you're not necessarily going in the right direction right and yeah, i think I, set a standard and then you'll start you'll have a benchmark to go against i, I really enjoyed that because that's tactical for me <laughs> and you know the moment that i set the standard i started to see all the places where i had expectations mm. and so then i got to see it oh my god this is not unconditional love what is why is my how did i come up with this expectation where did i learn that do i need that and then i literally cut disconnected I learned so much from just doing that, mm -hmm. setting the standard, mm -hmm. and then ba it's like basing, basically failing my way to, mm -hmm. to achieving it, mm -hmm. right? In a way. Yeah. So Failing can be blessings. Failures can be blessings yeah. is important yeah. to my recognize. Biggest, my, my war and my pesticide poisoning and the end of my relationship were the greatest learning experiences because they rubbed my nose in the fact that I, there was something there I needed to learn. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, was it, what is that story? You come, the kids come home and say, what did you feel, fail at today? Says dad. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and if the kid says, oh, I didn't fail at anything, he said, well, then you didn't try hard enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. You know, so much push, push a little harder so you fail. Set a higher standard. And it's okay to fail. You're not a failure because you failed. Yeah, it's just an opportunity. Failure just means you're trying. That's a great way sometimes to... Yeah, you're trying. You, you've yes. set a standard. You're, you're working towards a standard. And there's something you, that, that happened that will show you something. There's something Indeed. to learn. Indeed. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for all of this, Udo. I think what I've, again, I'd love to summarize and take things away because it's so useful for listeners and for me, and I'll let Peter kind of have a word as well. What I hear from you, again, that there's an element of opportunity really in getting to know your grit, which is what I really appreciate, that it's, like you said, another way to describe a series of experiences that, again, didn't, it didn't create those experiences, but it's a different way to look back. In terms of the energy element, I love every time we have a guest, I love to think about what have I heard for the first time and the reference to energy, that very distilled definition of what that is. I'm definitely going to be able to take that and use that in conversations because it's all energy. We're all exchanging energy and it's being conscious and intentional with those choices. And then as well, that last really centering piece around having a source of information, a source of inspiration, and letting that be the direction we seek, but our path, again, is tied to the words that we've chosen. So for me, those were kind of the big takeaways, and I'm so grateful that you were able to spend some time with us. Peter, do you have any kind of summary thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, as you, you can't see what I'm jotting down here, though, but I'm, no. I'm, always, I'm always taking notes because I can never remember anything for longer than about seven seconds. So mm-hmm. of the, the one thing, I think the one thing that I'll just kind of tweeze out of this one, uh, there, and, and there is a lot. So thank you for that, because I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've got a lot of stuff here that we can go on forever. But mm-hmm. I, what, I, what I did like is, again, it was a while back, but it was along the lines of this kind of like, you know, whether it's, you know, it's grit and it's this exploration. And it's just the emphasis that, you know, um, something more than just a curiosity, right? There's a need there to explore. Mm-hmm. It's it, a curiosity is like, ah, it's, it, it just, you gotta, you gotta dig harder or you gotta climb higher, mm-hmm. right? Like whichever metaphor we want to use for digging or climbing, but yep, you know, yep. there's, there's something there. There's a, it can't just be a curiosity. You gotta kind of, you gotta really go for it. And I, I like that. That was something I put a little star beside. I thought that was great. I, there's lots of stuff I really enjoyed, Udo, but I'll, I'll keep it short and I'll say that one, <laughs> but I, I did enjoy that. Just that <laughs> emphasis that curiosity is good, but you know, you really do have to commit. It's a need, right? It's in here. You have to, yeah. that's self-exploration. That's uh, that's exciting. That's a great journey. Yeah. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something in us mm-hmm. wants to be whole. Yeah. But we're distracted. Thank you so much for your expertise, for your time, for your energy and your insights. I appreciated the grounding. I will definitely take responsibility more often. And truth, like you said, it's everywhere. So many, many thanks to you, Udo, for joining us on the Grow My Grit podcast. <laughs> I told you we we're going to have fun. <laughs> you did. You were right. <laughs> Thanks so, so much, good. Udo. Thanks so much, Hayes. All right. Thank you. I love what you do. It's amazing. Grow My Grit with your hosts, Hayes Shetmeyer and Peter Willis, is a production of Gritty Guru Company. Technical production by Niall Fines. Music by Peter Willis. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google, and Spotify. For more information about Hayes' book, Know, Grow, and Show Your Grit, Self-Discovery Made Simple, please visit growmygrit.com.